Well, preseason is in full swing with two games tonight, Thursday night, five games tomorrow on Friday night and throughout the weekend. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Fans Only Sports Network. I'm Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros, and we're going to continue our preseason coverage. We wanted to start off with a little bit of some more fantasy football, wide receivers, We're going to pick three sleeper picks for the wide receiver position. So this is so this week, wide receivers, next week, running backs. These are a couple of the two of the most popular positions with fantasy football and the most important. So you're going to want to listen to these picks, especially with sleepers, because those are really those tend to be what decide your league, don't they, CJ? Oh, absolutely. Right. I mean, heck, yeah. I finished my one of my leagues last year with Amon Ross St. Brown. He helped me big in the championship, so. Certainly. What, it like, yeah. I mean, especially the wide receiver position because it's so deep and you're going to get players who are barely even drafted who wind up being some of the best in the league. So it's this is going to be a fun one to cover, but we're going to give we're each going to give three sleepers no particular order of where we want to rank them but we're just going to give three sleepers so CJ give me your first pick now after his playoff performance i have to go with Gabriel Davis of the Buffalo Bills now i mean think about it this way i mean granted he wasn't that great last year until the playoffs re-exploded but I mean, Cole Beasley's gone. You have Jamison Crowder, but Crowder's mostly going to play in the slot. And for all intents and purposes, Gabriel Davis is going to be Buffalo's wide receiver too. And he has earned every rep in his entire career. He's had a fight, and now he's you know, and now after like the playoffs, he he's their guy. Well, you know, obviously not named Stephon Diggs, but still. He is, without a doubt in my mind, their wide receiver too. And not a lot of people talk about him, but he is very, very dangerous, especially with uh, Stephon Diggs, probably get get double teamed every play. So if Davis falls to you in the later rounds, do yourself a favor and scoop him up. That's a good pick, actually. I really like that one because it's one that you really don't even, even among the sleepers, you don't even think about that guy. That's That's like deep, like deep sleepers right there. Gabriel Gabriel Davis, that's a good pick, especially with his performance during last last year's postseason, and he's now the unquestioned questioned wide receiver too. They do have Jamison Crowder to play the slot position, but Gabriel Davis has that familiarity and that rapport with Josh Allen. That's going to serve him well. Um, but my pick is going to be it's a little bit more well known, and you already mentioned him, but you look at Amon Ross St. Brown. And you look at the situation around him. So there's a lot of things that can scare you off with Amon Ross St. Brown. Number one, he's on the Lions, which isn't the best team yet. They're a couple years off from being competitive. He has has Jared Goff throwing to him. Not the best quarterback. And kind of a crowd. It's a a wide receiver room that's getting crowded with DJ Chark and Jamison Williams. But let me tell you something about those two players. Jamison Williams, as we're gonna we're gonna cross that road about with Jamison Williams when we get there, but we're not there yet. He's not even gonna be ready for week one, it turns out. And even when he is back, he still needs to get fully healthy from that ACL tear because it takes a while to do that and gain your explosiveness back, which is what which was Jamison Williams' bread and butter. 
And now we have DJ Chark, who is just a walking injury. And I've I've spoken very highly of DJ Chark on this show, and I do like him, and I think he is going to get better. But Amon Ross St. Brown is better. I think he's a better wide receiver, and he he's a more complete guy as well. DJ Chark, at his best, relies on the big plays for his productivity. You'll notice uh, on his best stat lines, he has like two catches for like 100 yards. That's it. With St. Brown, he can actually do something underneath. And also, from reports in camp, Goff loves St. Brown. And I don't mind I don't mind Goff too much. I think he I think Goff gets too much of a bad rep. There's a lot of reasons why St. Brown is so underrated right now. And he's not that much of a sleeper because people still like him and he's getting drafted, but he's getting drafted a lot later than he could. And that's a steal that you could pick up. I do, I love Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, I don't know how his stock's going to be later in the season once Jameson Williams comes around. But early on, yeah, he could totally be a, a good factor for you. Yeah, he's he's a guy who I, who I would look at in the later rounds if he lasts that far to, to take because he's going to be, out of the gates especially, he's going to be the number one guy, especially with Jameson Williams. Like I said, Jameson Williams will probably, in fact, he will take over that that wide receiver room it's just a matter of when but for now saint brown has that familiarity with the team that's a guy who i like yeah adam i i hear you i hear you but now if you want real value let's go dumpster diving because this guy you know he's not gonna be a world beater but i do think he'll pleasantly surprise you brian edwards from the atlanta falcons now, you may know him of the Las Vegas Raiders fame, but keep in mind the Falcons wide receiver room, in my humble opinion, is the worst in the league. And really, their quarterback's likely going to be Marcus Mariota, and but we don't know that yet, but it's probably going to be. And he already has a rapport with Edwards from their days as a Raider. And when, when you look at it, you know, you got Kyle Pitts, who's probably going to get double teamed every play. You have the rookie Drake London. He's really good, but he's a little injury prone. That's a bit scary. But their wide receiver, too, is going to be Brian Edwards, I think. And with his chemistry with Mariota, and when you consider, like, what's around him, there's no reason why he won't get targets. And he's fast. And not to mention he's huge and he can dominate you know, those 50-50 balls, and he's really overlooked because, you know, one, not a household name. Two, he's on the Falcons. And I definitely say you should take a flyer on him. That's an interesting one. And honestly, I didn't really I, – I don't really know who he is. Oh, yeah, he was uh, decent last year for Vegas. But but he, his role's going to grow in Atlanta because, you know, there's like really uh, not, not, not a whole lot going on there, you know? Yeah, I'm just worried about their quarterback situation, and I'm also worried about the guys who are ahead of him. Drake London is injury prone, but when he when he's healthy, he's plenty explosive, and he's big league he's big league ready almost. I mean, you you I th- I think you were wasn't he your number one wide receiver coming out of that draft? Oh yeah, he totally you, was. So you liked him the most. Um, I and I also do. I, you you also know I'm very high on Kyle Pitts going into this year. 
Oh, yes. How could I forget? Marcus Mariota is going to be leaning on Pitts, and so is so is uh, so is Desmond Ritter. Whenever he's mm-hmm. uh, whenever he gets into the mix, could be Week One. We don't know. That's going to be yeah. an interesting quarterback battle that we're going to talk about. But, oh, yeah. Oh, and Adam, one more thing. Yeah. I would like to tell you that uh, last season with the silver and black where, you know, he was duking it out with Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, and Henry Ruggs at some points for catches. He still got 34 grabs for 571 yards and three touchdowns. So I feel like his numbers are only increase in Atlanta. So that, so that guy in Atlanta, he could kind of be like a Russell Gage, you think? Yes, That's, that I do guy think. Who, that guy who becomes – forget uh forgotten even by defenses and he racks up yards out of nowhere yeah, kind of the Russell does. Gage and it's it really sucks about with Russell Gage because that's a guy who really he may not be very too fantasy relevant but from a real life perspective he racks up yardage he gets touchdowns just mm-hmm. he's buried in the depth chart and the only reason he he get he racks up the statistics is because he's behind so many players um but we do have we actually have breaking news wait what on and it's not nothing to do with fantasy with our topic right now but five-time pro bowl offensive tackle Dwayne brown signing with the new york jets who lost offensive tackle mecky beckton earlier this week to a likely season ending knee injury um we can get to that in a bit but that's that's something where, see, I touched on it on the pod on the on our page on our Instagram page saying they've been talking to Brown, so this injury to Becton isn't exactly they're not that screwed. Yeah, it's, you know it's it's not something where you look at and you're like this it's over they're done. There's still Dwayne Brown on the on the block, who could prop who could replace it who could replace Becton and then some. Now Beckton's still young, and he could really make an impact once he's healthy, and if he can stay healthy. But Dwayne Brown, that's a good one for them. I'm not sure how long the I'll have to we'll have to find the details on how long the on how how long the uh, the deal is for because he is what 34, 35, 36. Yeah, he uh, he's like 33, 34. I think he's up there. Somewhere so, somewhere up there in age. Um, but it's that's a good one for them. They need they need to keep Zach Wilson healthy because they got him some targets. Now let's see if Zach Wilson can play because he did not have that good of a season. Um, but we we can't get to we can't go too much into it because I want to I want to continue our segment about fantasy fantasy sleepers. My next pick, and I have more if you guys think this isn't that deep of a sleeper, but and especially and I I was thinking about replacing him on the list because. People are pretty high on him, but since he since he was just arrested, Marquise Brown. I don't so, know if that's a sleeper, but go ahead. Yeah. So Brown has always been the guy who is – he's on fantasy rosters in the past few years, but he's never been considered a true wide receiver one. He's been more of a wide receiver two, if that. This year he kind of he was kind of a wide receiver one border like high end wide receiver two, low end wide receiver one. Do you agree? Do you agree? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I would Brown. argue that. Yeah, because yes. he, he he got receptions, he got yards, he got touchdowns. This was a career year for him. However, 
now he's being traded to a team that passes a lot more. Brown has always been a player who, who really, who really had potential and he was stuck in a run first offense. Now he's in a team on a team that passes more. And that quarterback who passes happens to be his old college teammate. And apparently the, the Cardinals were very high on him coming into the, coming into um, coming into this, into that draft but they obviously they got Kyler. They weren't able to get Brown. But this is that's a guy who I really like to be and to to really explode. And the reason I have him as a sleeper now is because he just got arrested for speeding. And we're not sure what's going to happen with him. So he's he could dip on draft boards. And that's a guy that I think. You guys who are drafting in fantasy, you should take advantage of that. If he falls in drafts, take advantage of it. Take advantage of it because that's a guy who was I was high on. He could be an easily, easily a wide receiver one. Not just a low end like he was this year. High end. High end wide receiver one because they had a great rapport in college. They're getting him back. And DeAndre Hopkins suspended six games. That's a guy who I love. But I can give you guys other picks as well, some honorable mentions. But CJ, what's your? Are we? Are we on our? You're on your third, right? Yes, yes, I am. But yeah, uh, so my number three. Well, this is in no particular order, but I'm going to turn to the rookie class from the Washington Commanders, first round pick Jahan Dotson. Now, when, when when you think about this year's receiver class, you know you think of guys like Drake London. The Ohio State boys, Wilson and Olave, Jamison Williams. But let's not forget about Dotson. And I really like his position with the commanders. Now, I know Carson Wentz as a quarterback is a bit spooky for some people, but he's going to start week one. Whether they put him at wide or they put him in the slot, doesn't matter. He's going to be good. He's elusive. He's a speedster. And you know Terry McLaurin will be double teamed like every play. Terry McLaurin will get the lion's share of the coverage, and that could open up uh, Jahan Dotson's ability to really shine. And even if Carson Wentz is a quarterback, Dotson could be a really valuable weapon when uh, McLaurin's covered. Yeah, that's a good one. And these are, these are some real deep sleepers. And I guess maybe mine are just borderline sleepers. So kind of we're we're kind of on different spectrums of let's say the uh, we're di- on different ends of let's say the uh, we'll call it the sleeper spectrum, where I'm kind of like guys who could who could break out who we know, and you know, kind yeah. kind of something something like that. But with Terry McLaurin, he's kind of. He's kind of the he he's the one that defenses are going to be focused on. So yeah, they, anybody anybody mm-hmm. who's the wide receiver too on that offense. Um, but my next pick on the Jets, Elijah Moore. And there's a lot of hype around Garrett Wilson being the new wide receiver one in New York, but he's a rookie, and it, it's going to de- depend on how just how involved. Garrett Wilson really is in that offense to start. And get and Elijah Moore showed tremendous promise late in the season. And he he seemed to develop kind of a rapport with Zach Wilson. So 
I think that momentum is going to carry into next year. And as the, as Wils, as Zach Wilson is figuring out the offense, I think, I think Elijah Moore is going to be that safety blanket for him because he knows that that he knows that the, the two of them work well together. Corey Davis is another option that could, that could work in that offense, but Elijah Moore is clearly the better guy. And I think he's going to, I, he's going to have a good year. I, I really do. As the, as they are figuring things out in this young te- on this young team, Elijah Moore is going to be the biggest benefactor of it, and he's going to have a he's going to have a good year. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. As far as I'm concerned, I, despite the hype around Garrett Wilson, I do view him as wide receiver one. More, I mean, Elijah Moore. Yeah, yes. Just because the just because mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson's young. We need to figure yeah. out how involved he's going to be. It's going to be a feeling out stage for this Jets team as they figure out what they are early on. Um, and I told you guys I'd give you I'd give you a couple more picks to make up for Marquise Brown because I see him as a sleeper at this point just because of recent events with him and how he's changed teams and he's never been that big of a, a, a receiver. The entire wide receiver room for the new England Patriots, every one of them. And you look at, let's say, let's say Jacoby Myers guy who racks up a lot of yardage, the knock on him can't catch. He, he doesn't do, doesn't get touchdowns. That can only had two last year. Right. The first two two for his career career. in three years, Kendrick Bourne, who's probably the most finished product there. He can catch passes, run at run, yards after the catch. He can get touchdowns. And then there's Devontae Parker, who I believe is going to have a career year. That's a that's a good player. He's always been a guy who's been injuries, poor poor quarterback play. That's that's all going to be reversed. Um and then there's Nelson Aguilar, who's a deep sleeper. But he was in he was in year one. He was in year one in that um, he was in year one in a new system, and he was still figuring things out. And he's been uh, good before. So yeah. Nelson Aguilar, Adam, uh, I don't want to jump in on you, but there there is a word that Aguilar might not even make the Patriots roster to make room for Tyquan Thornton, the rookie. Yeah, and I wouldn't mind it. I didn't love him last year, yeah, but he is a player who could break out. I just didn't like the contract. No, and one he was projected to be their wide receiver one going into that going into last season, and it just didn't work out. He was more their wide receiver three, and he was solid. He was okay. He played a role, but I never really loved Nelson Aguilar from a real life perspective. But he's a player who has potential. He's a deep sleeper for me. Um, but there's. There's all of our uh, our sleepers. Next, I want to get into the Dwayne Brown signing for the Jets real quick. We'll touch on that. Don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast.
Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast. I'm Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros. So we're going to cover some breaking news real quick. Offensive tackle Dwayne Brown, who recently played with the Seattle Seahawks, has just signed with the Jets after they lost their tackle, their their left tackle, Mecky Becton. And so he's been he's been signed to replace him. So CJ, some some thoughts on some initial thoughts on this deal. All right, Adam. Well, while we don't know how much money this is going to be, what we do know is that it is a two-year contract per Tom Pelissero. But Dwayne Brown, I mean, I, I know it's a two-year deal, but when Beck, but when Makai Becton comes back, I don't know how that's going to work, especially because Dwayne Brown is at the ripe age of uh, 36. I was wrong earlier. And... Uh, and like I said, I know it's a two-year deal, but I feel it's going to be a one-year rental until Becton gets back. But then again, Becton honestly hasn't been that great. You know, he's been really underwhelming, injury-prone. And last season, there were reports that he was at 1.400 pounds, and like, and he's and his conditioning isn't great. So, so obviously, Dwayne Brown is a bridge tackle, but does the bridge lead to Becton's return? I can safely tell you that I don't know and nothing's really guaranteed at this point. What do you think? That's a, that's a contradicting statement there. I can safely say that I don't know. Yes. There's, if if there's know, one thing that I know, it's that I don't know. No. And so, but I, I know so then it's, it's not, then it's not a safe, it's, then it's not safe. Is it? Eh, if you want to split hairs, but that's what I'm saying. Like I genuinely don't know. Like th- there are no guarantees like for Becton's future. They, they really were not happy with him. And we're on the street is that they might've been shopping him around like early before they, before training camp. Yeah. I mean, either way, this is a good, this is a good signing for them because like I said earlier on, they need to protect Zach Wilson. They need to figure out whether or not this kid is right for the team. There's like, there's a three year window where you really need to find out whether or not, the quarterback you have drafted in the first round is right for your team. If he's going to pan out and in order to find that out, you need to be able to surround him with the best, the best situation possible for him to succeed. And if he doesn't succeed in that, in that situation, then you know, for sure you need a new quarterback. And if Zach Wilson's on his ass all the time and he can't get the ball out, we're never going to find out. And for all we know, maybe he can play and he's on his ass. And then they decide to run, to move on from him. And then whatever team Zach Wilson is on, whatever new team he's on, he lights it up. And then we're like, Oh, same old jets. You need to, you need to make this the right situation. And I get what people have, what people have said, especially you CJ from our last, our last, uh, our last episode, you said the jets are a cursed organization. They've been doing a good job lately. Yeah, I know, but they've been doing a good job on paper. When GM Joe Douglas took over in 2019, he did a pretty he's done a pretty good job since then. Their drafting has been better. Their offensive line has continued to improve. And it all comes down to Zach Wilson now. The defense, they they made some good picks on the defensive side as well. So I like what they're doing. Let's see if they continue. Let's see if they continue. It's looking good for them, though. It's looking real good. And yeah. if if it doesn't work, and 
Dwayne Brown, I think, is going to work out for them for a year or two. And after that, if Becton doesn't if Becton doesn't work out, then just go and draft another offensive tackle. That that would basically be the last piece to your rebuild at that point. And you'd be trans uh, transitioning from Dwayne Brown over to the next guy or or Becton. And Becton's still young, so he can turn things around. I think a lot of a lot of his issues have been with with health. He's been a solid tackle. Hasn't been great, mm. but he's been solid. Yeah. So I like it for him. It's a good, it's a good, it's a, I mean, they really didn't have any, any choice. They, they kind of had to do it, but they did the right thing either way, because you need to protect Zach Wilson. That's priority. Number one, at this point, you gave him targets. You have a defense on the other side of the ball. Now work on that offensive line and they they're doing that. So they're doing everything they need to do. So until I'm proven otherwise, that the Jets are a that the Jets are a cursed franchise. They're doing everything right until proven proven otherwise. Good pick, good good signing, good signing. Yeah, that's definitely going to help out in the short term. Absolutely, certainly. All right. So next, we're going to get into our real preseason coverage that we planned, and we're going to talk about some of the quarterback battles this preseason. Who's going to win the starting job? There's a few of them that have been going on during training camp and have gone into the preseason. So we're going to cover that next. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski Podcast. I'm Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros. We're continuing our preseason coverage, and we're going to get into some quarterback battles. We're going to review all of them, how they've been doing, who we think is going to be winning each battle. So we'll go through all these, CJ, and we'll give our thoughts. So we're going to lead off with a couple of the more sure ones where we feel like one's going to win over the other already. And we'll start with, Ryan Tannehill versus Malik Willis. And this one basically is a sure thing that Ryan Tannehill has the job. It looks like Malik Willis is going to be redshirting this season. But I thought I'd bring it up because things were a little dicey, if you guys remember, after after in the direct aftermath of the draft. When and so was was Willis drafted he was drafted in the third round, correct? Uh somewhere in that vicinity, yes. All right, I'll look it up, but I well, believe hold on. I, got round, it. I got it. All right, drafted in the third round, and when Ryan Tannehill, the current Titans quarterback, was asked about mentoring him, yes, he essentially round, said, and I don't, I, and I'm paraphrasing here. He essentially said, "I'm not here to mentor. He's my competitor. I'm not. I'm not going. I'm not going to mentor him." And there's a couple ways to look at how what he meant by that. It's either he's threatened by him. 
and he believes he's going to take his job, which is a possibility because it is third round is an early pick, somewhat early pick. Um, the, the other way you look at it is he's actually doesn't care about him. And he's just a, a player who's just drafted for a quarterback depth. Either way, it's a bad look for Tannehill because there's the one side of it is it's pretty self-explanatory. If he actually feels that he, he's insecure, that he could lose his job, that's, that's a bad look for him. That, that goes without explaining. On the other side, if you're that condescending to, to other players on your roster, specifically in the quarterback room, that you just think this guy doesn't matter. I'm not going to mentor you. I'm not going to talk to you. I, maybe they'll talk, but you know, if he's not even doesn't even want to mentor him, what kind of message does that send as a quarterback in that locker room? That he doesn't even want to talk. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to help out his. You know his. He doesn't want to help out his his teammate. What if Tannehill goes down for a game, and Willis has to step in? What if that happens and he's not ready? He could have used your mentoring at that point. That does help getting, even if, even if you're not, even if he's not going to be anything or if he's going to take your job eventually, if I'm saying, if CJ, well, this, no, 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 the, I wasn't looking at you. Don't worry. I'm, uh, I thought you were giving me a look there. I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> give, give no, no, it's fine. It's fine. I know you're not high on this draft class, but damn. All right. <laughs> if either of those th things are true, you still want to make sure that if you go down, if you go down with an injury, that the guy behind you can step in and win and win you some games. Because ultimately, it's about the team. It's about doing what's best for the team. And mentoring him is what's best for the team. That's kind mm -hmm. of my basic thought. But do you have anything before we... What what are you, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have some thoughts. Don't you worry about that. Oh, Ryan Tannehill, if you are worried that Malik Willis is going to take your job, that is your own fault. That means you know that your play is not up to snuff. And when you really think about it, we I mean we all know that you know Mal Malik Willis at one point in time was considered to be a first round pick. Somehow fell to the third. Titans you know scooped him up, and now Tannehill's throwing a hissy fit. It's like, dude, if you played better, this uh, wouldn't be happening. And honestly, I don't know why he's worried. He's going to start anyway. The Titans have just sank too much money into this mediocre quarterback for him not to start. Yeah, and it, it is that is that is a good point. That is kind of self-inflicted for him because Tannehill had a pretty piss poor season for his. Yeah, that his whole standards. offense is Derrick Henry. I'm sorry, and now without AJ Brown, I don't know what what he's going to. Oh, I'm a competitor. Oh, <laughs> we'll see. So he, he did have a late season resurgence, but 21 to 14 touchdown to interception ratio, 3,700 yards. That's I mean, that's, that's not, not terrible. It's not as bad as I thought it was. I thought it was like, is he he had like one more touchdown than he had interceptions, and he just had an off like a very very awful. That's not as bad as I thought it was, but that's still like with the money that you got and the with the season that he had prior, didn't he have like over thirty touchdowns and like some how many uh, picks? Hold on. So the season before last. 
He had 3,819 yards, 33 touchdowns, and seven picks. So, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say he improved. Yeah, I think I would second that as well. Not a good not a good year. Not not the best year by his standards, especially at this stage of his career where once he went to the Titans that he his career really turned around once he once he left Miami because he was he was borderline about to lose his job over there. Actually, he did. He got caught. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so he, so he did he did lose lose his job. He stepped in for Mariota, did a good job. And once Henry Derrick Henry went down, he wasn't the same. So that offense it does go through Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at another one, Mitch Trubisky versus Kenny Pickett. So the significance to this is that the Steelers used their first round pick on Kenny Pickett. So it's very significant that they took a guy that they took a guy like this in the first round. Whether you believe it or not, it's significant. And it looks like Mitch Trubisky is getting the job as reports show in, in training camp. It looks like he has a tight grip on the job, barring something crazy happening during the preseason where, where Pickett just outshines him. Looks like he's going to start the season. And maybe maybe later this season, or I mean, they, he needs to get in at some point because he's your first-round pick. But that's that's a guy that you have to – he has a decent situation around him, kind of a questionable offensive line. I'll say unproven. That's that's probably the nice way to put it for that Steelers offensive line. Um, decent decent targets for him with Deontay Johnson. Actually, they have a good, they have a pretty deep room with Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, who might end up in jail before he gets a. Whoa! Come on now. Just because he has some like focusing problems doesn't mean anything. Although I will say the Steelers are quite good at drafting wide receivers with character flaws. That is all. I mean, from what I've heard of him, I don't know, man. It, that's going to be tough. But either yeah. way, um, I mean, Martavis Bryant, Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, Antonio Brown, uh, Antonio Chase Brown, Claypool. Chase Claypool. The only one who seems to have his head screwed on straight in there is Deontay Johnson. Darn right. And even him, like he seemed like it's not that he's bad or and it's not obviously no attitude problems yet, but he hasn't been he's just been a very good receiver. He's not an Antonio Brown level player. Yeah. Oh, Um, and uh, Adam. Yeah, there is one thing I'd like to throw in here. No matter how you slice it, we know that Pittsburgh thinks that Kenny Pickett is the quarterback of the future. I mean, Trubisky's on a two-year deal. That's the definition of a bridge quarterback. And, you know, you drafted Pickett in the first round. And if you know any, if you know how I think about football, you know I don't like drafting quarterbacks just to redshirt them. But in this quarterback class, where arguably none of them are starting caliber, I would say you kind of have to at this point. Redshirt you know, red yeah. Pickens? Yes, Pickett. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just uh, you yeah, know, yeah. let yeah, him sorry. marinate yeah, for yeah. a year behind Trubisky. Otomlin will coach him up well, and uh, we'll see what happens. But you, like I said, usually I don't advocate that, but this class is just not very good. So, like I said, you pretty much don't have a choice. It's yeah, going I, to be Trubisky. I th- I think if if it's in the first round, you I think you should give him give him some sort of a chance, especially mm-hmm. when it's when it's Mitch Trubisky. We can look look back to Green Bay when they took a quarterback, and I'm blanking on his name, but I, I'm Love. not baking on 
yeah, Jordan Love, but I'm not blanking on Aaron Rodgers' name. Um, but Aaron, there's Aaron Rodgers, and then there's Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that much. And when you have Trubisky, I think you have a little more confidence in Pickett that you know he can. If if you were if they were to trade for like Jimmy Garoppolo, then it's like okay, he's probably gonna he's probably going to going to redshirt. But it's Mitch Trubisky. I think they're going to give him a chance at some point this season. I do. Um, all right. So next one is over in Atlanta. Mariota versus uh, Marcus Mariota versus Desmond Ritter. So I believe Ritter was taken what sixth round. Uh, I don't know. I'll you keep talking. I'll check. And I know Marcus Mariota was drafted with the number two overall pick. All right, here we go. Desmond Ritter was a third round pick. Third round pick. Overall. Okay. Okay, so that's that's not too that's not low. That's a that's a, that's actually a pretty early round pick. So Willis, so Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, and somebody else taken in the third round. That's actually that's interesting. But Marcus Mariota has been a journeyman since he was a first round, since he was the number two overall pick. And that this is one this is probably one where we actually don't know what's going to happen. Mariota could win it. Ritter could come from behind and take the job from Mar- from Mariota. I don't know. And also with how the with how the Falcons are treating this se- upcoming season, I don't know if I care <laughs> because it looks like they're going to it looks like they're they're tanking for Yes, they pretty much are. It looks like they're tanking for a quarterback. So either way, they're going to lose lose games. But I guess give Ritter some some reps late in the season to see if he can play to some capacity. And maybe if he can play, even if you still plan on taking a quarterback, maybe you can trade Ritter and get something. Um, or hold on to Ritter, and wh- whichever quarterback you 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 draft in next and uh, in uh, in twenty twenty three, you have him compete against him. And you give you give that quarterback a good kick in the ass and say Ritter could take your job if he can somewhat play. That's obviously if he proves something. But I mean, there's not much to say here. But what what about you? I personally think it's going to be Mariota. Now, if you if flash back to the draft, I was not a fan of Ritter. I'm still not, and I, I do think it's going to be Mariota. You know, veteran like he's going to start out. But Ritter could take it down the road if slash when Mariota struggles. So yeah, I, I just I there's really not a lot of sharp analysis here, but I, I think it's gonna be Mariota who starts. Yeah, there's not mu- there's not much to look at here. It could be Mariota, it could be Ritter. I mean, reports out of training camp are very indecisive. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's very close between the two, which is not which is not a bad look on Mariota. It's more so on Ritter. Because it's Marcus Mariota. We know what he is. We don't know what Ritter is. And if it's this close at this point, not a good, not not too good for Desmond Ritter. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So we're gonna get here's here's a couple of more, the more interesting ones. We're we're gonna touch on Sam Darnold versus Baker Mayfield. So Sam Darnold was traded. He was they traded uh, the Panthers traded for him this past offseason. And he got the start. They had a decent start to the to the to the season, and it, it looked like Sam Darnold could play, and that maybe it was the Jets 
turns out they were wrong. Had a horrible rest of the season. And he lost his job to several different quarterbacks, including the Panthers bringing back Cam Newton out of free agency. Mm. And not your old Cam Newton, Superman Cam. Not even the New England Cam Newton. Like, this is like end of the career Cam Newton that Sam Darnold lost his job to. And they, so then they turn around and they trade Baker Mayfield over this summer. And I like, I like the message that they're sending that they are turning, they are keeping this as a quarterback competition. And Sam Darnold has had a pretty, a decent camp and he's been playing fairly well. So good for him. And if he wins the job, good for him. But here's why I believe it's not, it wouldn't have been good for them to just hand the job over to Mayfield sends all the wrong messages to the locker room because you're you're essentially saying this kid who we just traded for is just going to have the have the job doesn't even have to do it. he could suck during training camp and he'll get the job that's not okay that's not the right the right message to send to the to the to your locker room so it's good for them to say okay it's Mayfield versus Darnold it's a it's anyone's game but i think we know Baker Mayfield's most likely going to win the starting job yeah, you're right. And barring a collapse of of uh, Pompeii-like proportions, we will probably see Baker Mayfield, you know, get the starting job. Now, like, I, now, like you mentioned, Darnold has been bad in camp, uh, but the results are inconclusive to say the least. I guess we're gonna have to wait and see for the preseason. But I, I do think Mayfield will get the starting job. Just he, even though he was battling a shoulder injury the entire year, he still had a better year than Sam Darnold. And what, when you think about it that way, I mean, it's almost it almost has to be Mayfield because plain and simple, Mayfield's just better. And and you know he's going to be all fired up, but this, as I've said before, is officially Mayfield's put up or shut up year. If it's not now, it's never. Yeah, that's a good point. Unless the offensive line fails, which they are they are putting it together, they're working on it. It looks like it's work, it's gonna work out as they've they've continued to work on that offensive line. But if it doesn't, then it might still be put up in a couple of years' time. So we'll see. The roster looks good. So if Mayfield doesn't play well, but at the same time. Cleveland had a pretty good offensive line. Yeah, that's true. So this is going to be, I, I'm not, sh- I, I think, I think Mayfield's going to win the job. We'll see if he can play, but I think Mayfield's winning the job regardless. And if, if Darnold still is able to play, then that's good trade bait for the Panthers. If they need, if they have any other roster needs, they could get some picks out of it. If Darnold is showing some promise during training camp and even preseason, it's not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Um, the next one, and we saved the best for last. It's one that has produced plenty of headlines during training camp, which doesn't really say much because this isn't have this hasn't been the best uh, year for positional battles. But Smith, uh, Geno Smith versus Drew Locke. So this is in a similar situation to the Panthers. The Seahawks. Well, they the Seahawks did trade away. Russell Wilson, which left Geno Smith, who's been their backup for a couple of years. Then they trade and they get Drew Locke back. So for the Seahawks to just hand Drew Locke the job without any without any sort of uh, 
competition would be a tough would be a, a poor choice because because it's sent because it's saying like you don't even have to work for it if you had success in the past then why do you need to work for it now that's stupid that's stupid you should also you should always be fighting to keep your job always and yeah. uh drew lock might win this job but geno smith appears to still have the lead in getting in uh in getting the start in getting the start for week 1 it appears but drew lock has been uh lock has been closing the gap as the offense has been running very well around around lock apparently the seahawks really liked him when he was coming out of college but they elected obviously to roll with their their star their star quarterback in uh in uh Russell Wilson so not much just not much to go off right there but again it's and it's also kind of similar to the Atlanta Falcons because they're not going to contend this year and they're probably going to need a quarterback sometime soon so another one where i kind of kind of don't care because we already know what Geno Smith is and we're getting close to knowing what Drew Locke is. So, like, the Seahawks are probably going to finish last either way. Yeah, I hear you. And not to sound like a certain friend of ours, but I really liked Drew Locke. And, and, I, and I certainly liked him coming out of college. I really, really did. Just, and he was good his rookie year, but then they changed offensive coordinators and he fell off. I feel like a pass-first offense like Seattle would help him out because you know he's got a cannon. And he's going to be playing with uh, DK Metcalf and uh, uh, the other one, Tyler Lockett. That's it. Yep. And I don't know. I feel like if you – I feel like Geno Smith would be like a Noah safe – Oh, and Noah, Noah Fan. Yeah, yeah, no, no, Noah Fan at tight end, yeah. So, look, Geno Smith I feel like would be safer – but if you could want to win maybe a few more games, Locke would be, I feel like, would give you a better chance to win, like, slightly more. But, like, this is kind of a race to the bottom, but I wouldn't count out Locke just yet. Once again, this is put up or shut up, and the preseason will be very, very telling. Because I know that in their first preseason game, they said that I think Geno Smith is getting the starting nod, but you can't count out Locke just yet. And personally, I lean toward him actually starting week one. Yeah, and looking at that surrounding team, the the offensive line sucks. The defense sucks. The only bright spot is really their pass catchers, where they have two very solid pieces at wide receiver. They have the tight end in Noah Fant. Actually, their backfield's pretty good too, because they have Rashad, they have Rashad Penny, who's who's starting to turn a corner here. And they also have Kenneth Walker, who has some promise. So good backfield there, but that's about it. Pass catchers, running backs. Other than that, there's really not much to there's not much to love about this Seahawks team, and also wide receiver. Excuse me, especially quarterback too. I don't. Maybe Drew Locke can be a functional starter somewhere, but he's never going to win a Super Bowl. He could lead a team to a playoffs to the playoffs one day, but I haven't I haven't loved Drew Locke. I liked him at first when he first took the starting job uh, for the Broncos a couple of years ago. I thought maybe he has some he has some promise, but ever since then he's been very underwhelming. So not too high on him. But uh, any other any other thoughts before we end the show here tonight? You know what? Uh, no, no, I got nothing. All right. Well, there's our positional battles. At the quarterback position, we'll probably get into many more 
and much more preseason coverage coming up as we are just entering the preseason. Two games tonight, including our Patriots, CJ, and five tomorrow. So football's officially back. Football is back. The summer is over, and we we have some more content to give you guys. So we are very happy about that. So stay tuned for our next episode next week. But that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Be sure to tune into us live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7:30 on Twitter and Facebook through Fans Only Sports Network. Be sure to tu- be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRuski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcasts and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Over and out.